live from Chicago, this is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics. Featuring occasional injections of Roman innuendo all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight featuring commentary by Democrat Phil Beverly from Chicago State, Stephanie Hitt, Republican, Trump supporter Doug Ivendahl, and Roberto Montano, Democrat. Our program tonight coming to you from our base at the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago, where our phone lines are open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. If you want to email me a comment, it's Bruce Dumont at museum.tv. You want to tweet me a comment, it's at Dumo at D-U-M-O. And, of course, you can join us on the World Wide Web, beyondthebeltway.com, and also live on Facebook, Beyond the Beltway with Bruce Dumont on Facebook. And, again, uh, if you ever miss a program, we're there for a long, long time. You can go to the website and find us virtually uh, years later, years later. So, again, uh, it's great to have you with us this evening. Uh, We have another uh, great show and and a lot of topics to discuss with you. Uh, You know, a couple of weeks ago, the President of the United States uh, watched, as many Americans did, uh, the funeral of John McCain, which really took on sort of an anti-Trump rally at some point with some of the rhetoric that came from there, especially uh, Megan McCain. But then last week, it was another bombshell for the President of the United States. First, there was the release of the book called Fear by Bob Woodward of the Washington Post, which told stories inside the White House, allegedly a lot of quotes from inside the White House, many of which have now all been denied. And then there was the anonymous op-ed in the New York Times that went on to say one of many things that said, That is why many Trump appointees have vowed to do what we can to preserve our democratic institutions while thwarting Mr. Trump's more misguided impulses until he is out of office. End of quote. Again, anonymous sources for the essay, anonymous sources, and and some sourced uh, quotes uh, in the Bob Woodward book. Doug Ibadol, you're the closest thing to a card-carrying Trumpster. You were a Trumpster from the very, very beginning. What would you agree that the, the I would say almost say one, two, three punches because I I would put the uh, I'd put the McCain funeral in there as well. Uh, is this a concerted effort by those in the resistance? Is there coordination? Between oh, no, no, going on here? Oh, I don't, I don't think there's any question. Yeah, exactly. It's a, another coordinated attack. It's um, just the latest of many. And um, a, w- a week from now, when uh, Trump's got another huge victory with the Kavanaugh nomination, he'll be confirmed. Uh, there, you know, there's some hurricanes moving in. This is going to be all be um, old news in a week, just like all the other coordinated attacks over the past two years have become old news. Trump, I don't know how many times the resistance has to lose. What, what is the resistance resisting exactly other than being a, a, a competent winning force? Let's talk to Roberto Montagna, who's our Democrat. First of all, we'll answer the first part of that question. Do you think we're looking at a, at, at a coordinated effort by the resistance movement, and I would throw maybe President uh, Obama's speech in Springfield, Illinois, into that as maybe the the fourth piece of that puzzle. Uh, I think it's a circular firing squad. We've got nothing to do with it. Uh, God bless the president. We pray for the president. We hope that he succeeds, but, you know, he's tripping on his own shoelaces here. 
we're not his appointees. These are his people, allegedly, uh, saying things. And, you know, to say that McCain's funeral is an is a assault on him, respectfully, I think McCain earned every bit of the honor and dignity. Now, are some people politicizing? Yeah, sure. But, but the, the funeral wasn't <laughs> something that we're trying to say as a strategy. Uh, as for the Woodward book, his credentials are impeccable. Uh, people are, are on the record. Why, why, why do you say his credentials are impeccable? Well, I think he's Ari Fleischer, so not me, but a Republican press secretary, said so. And the way he said it was, um, I've been on the receiving end of a Woodward assault, and I've never questioned the facts of what was in the book. Now, you can misinterpret it or you can argue about it, but Ari Fleischer, a Republican press secretary, not me, said that. What's your take on that? I think Stephanie hit. It is definitely a concerted effort. I would not add McCain's funeral into that. Yeah. It's certainly Obama's speech along this. So you've got this trifecta of the book, the op-ed, and Obama's speech. The timing is unbelievably nicely coordinated. There's no doubt about that. During and, during the Kavanaugh hearings. During the Kavanaugh and hearings. And this upstaged I'm, those very important hearings. Well, here we go. I'm going to lay, I'm going to lay it down. I'll talk about it all night. I think the Democrats are acting like Serena Williams. They know they're losing. They're not happy. They're throwing an unbelievable, ugly tantrum to distract from the success and poise of the things that are succeeding. Okay, we got lots of popular culture references in there. <laughs> Phil Beverly from Chicago State. First wow. of all, on the issue of uh, of a uh, of a coordinated campaign here, that some people are talking uh, to to one another. Yeah, it's coordinated within the White House because that clown car that is the current White House knows that they've got to keep things away from this president and his lesser influence. What about between the Washington Post and the New York Times is what I was referencing. Coordinated effort? I, I don't know that. Okay, so I look at it like a social scientist, yeah. right? So there's so many variables present in this equation that cannot be accounted for, Right. And I don't know that anybody's got control over those variables enough to make this a coordinated effort. If so, do you? Do you? If just, anything, like the, the Obama speech had been scheduled for months, and to say, "Oh, I'm going to write this op-ed." And then through an intermediary, get it to the New York Times and have them publish it at the time that Obama's speech. Ca- that's a that, leap that, that even that, fiction writers. That's I mean, a bit. That's a bit expansive. I will acknowledge that. But do you not believe that the New York Times, everyone knew when the Bob Woodward book was coming out, right. someone at Simon & Schuster said, we're going to release this book during the week of the Kavanaugh hearings because they were published. That was, that was picked a couple of months ago. And here, you, and here let, put into this factor, if I may, we all saw you know, uh, the movie about the Washington Post. The Washington Post and the New York Times, they are journalistically competitive. And I'm just saying is Bob Woodward of the Washington Post was going to get a lot of publicity. And then somehow there was some orchestration on the part of the Times to find a person, allegedly a senior person, who was going to write this essay. And by golly, they put it out the very next day. Well, it, you, see, it, no, so you think that's is, totally coincidental. So, so here's, here's, my, here's my thing. So if this was to to sort of upstage the Kavanaugh hearings, wouldn't that be a good thing? 
Because I no. what I watched from no, him. Because no, because all the because of the because he was getting abused. Because the, the he was no, getting he was, abused. He the Democrats of the Kavanaugh hearings Democrat. are a joke. The, the resistance. The whole hearing process is a joke. Well, the you don't give made up the documents joke. that you want to give up. You make some documents confidential. And I got to tell you, of all the Supreme Court justice nominations and hearings that I've heard, I've never seen seen that. Never. So I'm just kind of curious. Wouldn't you want that off the front page and just get this oh, joke of an appointment done? I don't want to get your reaction. Everybody on the Republican side, they're chomping at the bit. We have lots to talk about. We've just touched the surface. We've just touched with you know, just one piece of the news from last week. More from you at 1-800-723-8029 when we come back from Chicago. Are you planning for the day when you can retire to your dream home in Palm Springs, California? A day surrounded by spectacular scenery, golf courses, a rich cultural life, and great dining? If you are, you'll need a guide, someone who knows where to look, an experienced broker, someone who knows the desert communities of Southern California and all they have to offer. That person is Brian Beard, who's been making dreams come true for over 13 years, selling over $100 million in real estate, including celebrity and architecturally significant homes to the rich and famous, and more importantly, to people just like you. Brian's company, Caldwell Banker, has agents worldwide, but Brian Beard is your man in Palm Springs. Call Brian now at 760 760- 799-7096. That's 760-799-7096. Or visit him online at BrianSellsTheDesert.com. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thanks very much for uh, joining you. In the last segment, I might have re- uh, inadvertently said that the president was uh, in Springfield, but he, his speech uh, was to the University of Illinois. University of Illinois. Doug, you wanted to make a point. Oh, yeah. The, the, um, about the my, hearings. My, my fellow panelist was talking about the, uh, about the Kavanaugh hearings and why Trump and the Republicans would not that to be, hi- be highlighted. That's, that's, that's absurd. The, um, it's the Democrats who wanted to divert attention from the Kavanaugh hearings. I, I watched, couldn't watch all of it, but watched, uh, you know, had it on now and then. And, um, what, were over 200 protesters um, arrested mm-hmm. uh, over the course of the week. And these were not just protesters. These were hysterical protesters. They were, they were, <laughs> they were screeching so hysterically. They were so unhinged. I, I couldn't even understand what they were saying. But yeah, the, uh, the Capitol uh, Police did a really good job, uh, you know, keeping order. And, I, you know, just, it, it just shows how desperate the Democrats are in this thing. I mean, this is one um, – uh, Kavanaugh is one of the most distinguished, one of the most intelligent jurists um, already that this country has ever seen. And for him to be treated that way, and it wasn't just, talk about collusion. I mean, there, there's already, I think it's That's, undisputed that there was actually there no collusion. No collusion. collusion. Between, there, there was collusion, no collusion between the Democrat senators <laughs> and these hysterical protesters to try to disrupt this thing. It's, it's really... Um, it, it was really pathetic, but the good news no, is no it's going to be another big win for Trump. It was for the Democrats. Okay. That's what uh, it was. Well, because it, you, had, you had people, you had Democrats like our esteemed Senator Durbin, and um, and I say that somewhat facetiously, and, as well as you know Cory Booker standing up there grandstanding, deriding a good man. 
I mean, I, what is, what has happened since the Bork era? And that is, if you are a Republican nominee, you have to sit there and be a punching bag for Democrats who want to grandstand and call you unbelievable names like racist and against women and uh, all sorts of horrible names. I want to hear from And the, yet, it hear, doesn't happen okay. on the other side. Really? I, are you I, serious? I'm At least your serious. guys you get a not, hearing. Yeah, At well, least your guys get a hearing. That was so let's fair. let's. Oh, that was yes. fair. Phil, Phil, yes. go ahead. Phil. Okay. Make well, point. I, I guess that the thing that really annoys me is that the minority has to participate the way the majority wants them to participate. Oh, they were hysterical. Yeah. So what? They were hysterical. And your point would be what? Why is that important? Just have the have this bogus kangaroo court hearing. Get it over with. They could have had that thing done in an hour because it's a fifty-one vote thing. Just vote the guy in. You're not turning over documents. You're not going to answer questions. No documents ever in history. It doesn't matter the number. Phil, it yeah. doesn't Phil, matter the number. There yeah. were documents that were withheld. There's been no, true. Why true. is that? And they were it's all released. And exactly the ones that Cory Booker, <laughs> who claimed to be Spartacus for, um, those were all released documents. He was pretending to be Spartacus for no reason at all. I'm talking well, about the unreleased come, documents. I'm going to come back and talk to Roberto, who's the closest thing to a political operative that we have at the table. <laughs> um, from a political standpoint, did the Democrats win much last week, given the actions of Cory Booker and Kamala Harris and, to a lesser extent, Dick Durbin? Did, did they, were the folks out, the, the few people that were out watching every word of that, either on CNN, C-SPAN, or or Fox News. Were Democrats picking up votes last week? As a question of palace intrigue, it's an audience of two. It's Murkowski and Collins. Thank you. That's all that matters, Alaska. Right. Yep. Because, and, and I love Collins, and Murkowski tends to work, work well with, with Collins. So, do, you think, do, do you think that they were moved by the actions of not only those that were speaking out from the audience, but the actions of their fellow senators? Um, you know, I'm, I, I, I would not I, – I, I don't know what well, our you senators – Well, you like Susan Collins. Yeah. Susan Collins is this gentle lady from Maine. Do you think she likes the rhetoric of Camilla Harris? I think she I'm likes – I, I think she, she likes – I think she respects voter, yeah. voter rights. She expects equal protection. She expects affirmative action on issues that we really want her to listen to us. She is open-minded. And on those issues where the nominee has not been forthcoming, in our opinion – uh, she may see some daylight. The fact that he was on, that he was not forthcoming, at least to the extent that the Democrats, Stephanie hit. Are you absolutely confident that this justice would support your political philosophy for the most part in the future, or is this a potential, you know, uh, Earl Warren out there, um, or David I, Souter, I or Roberts? I, I actually, or Roberts. I yeah, exactly, Roberts. Um, I do think that he – I think he has a long history of – there's a big argument sort of on the conservative side of is he, uh, is he an originalist or is he a conservative? Because a lot of times he does tend to come with conservative results as opposed to following maybe orig- originalist reasoning which might deviate. And I think at the end of the day um, – what he has proven and what his track record shows is that he is a thoughtful, thorough jurist and does abide by the rule of law, which for the conservative side is the most important thing is rule of law. Do not create law. Interpret the law. I'm going to make, make a prediction right here. Write it down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
if he makes it to the court, which I think he will, and he will be there for a long time, mm-hmm. he will disappoint conservatives significantly. Why do you say that? Because, because of the way smart. he answered or the way he did not answer questions. I, I, I didn't kind of, answer. I'd, I'd respectfully no, he, disagree with that, uh, hey, Bruce. I mean, I mean, to walk I mean, a fine line. We'll see, but he walked a fine line. He's got a. He's no going to know right away about this. He, he's not an unknown commodity. I mean, he's got. He's, I, I don't know the exact number, but he's got a lot of of opinions out there from the uh, D.C. Uh, Court of Appeals, which is you know gets some of the you know sexiest cases in the country. He's got a very very long record, and um, the, the, the idea that you know we're going to be. Uh, Unlike some of the you know picks that um, you know Democrat presidents have wanna, made, which were unknowns, yeah, I, had really had no paper trail. That is not the case with Kavanaugh. I want to go back. I want to. I want to. I want to go back to where we started the discussion, and that is uh, some of the revelations uh, in the op-ed piece, primarily. Hmm. Donald Trump, the president, has said that he thinks that the the, the New York Times should. Uh, should investigate this. Uh, Jeff Sessions should investigate it. He called it treasonous. Let's not get into all the rhetoric of the president, with the exception of this. He has said that he thinks that that this is a national security issue. Do you, Stephanie, do you think that this is a national security issue when the op-ed person here was primarily presenting information that was politically damaging I, I do not. I would president. not say it's a national security issue in the way that uh, state secrets are revealed or, uh, you know, uh, wartime strategy, things like that. However, it does violate. I mean, many if, if this is, in fact, a senior administration official, they have taken an oath and there are the confidentiality provisions as well. You are not supposed to go out and blab about what you do. And that is the biggest concern. The oath is to the Constitution, not to the officer that holds executive right. power. Right. And but, so, what, but what, what do you think about? Well, then do, do you your job. About? Don't talk about it. I mean, um. even President Obama <laughs> was not very pleased with a person in the White House writing right. a It speaks to his in. leadership if he can't even manage his own internal staff. Because he gets the best people. And, and, and his number one value is loyalty. And if on that, True. if on that issue he's failed, that question, I question his judgment. Well, I, I don't believe this person is loyal to the president. Do you question the person, though? Do you question a person who feels as strongly as this person does, and frankly, they're not man enough or woman uh, enough? That's not to my stand st- up. That's not my style. If, I mean, I, if, no, it, if it you, was me, I would have quit what, and what, called what, it out. But okay, would you have quit and, and called it off and walked out the door and made a lot of money by doing it? But that's oh. the point, though. They, well, they're not looking to capitalize yes. on it, number one. And yeah. number two, by, if, by, if be, really by being, by yeah. being undisclosed, we're not attacking the individual, right? We're not going after their, their DUI in 1935 or whatever well, it was. if he I, was I, really I, serious about doing the right thing, or he she. wouldn't have been out. He or she, or you're she. right. Um, could, then if you're really serious about I need to be there to control what's going on, then why are you talking about? Why aren't you there doing it? I, but I, they are I there read, doing it. I read it. They're still doing it. No, and now, and they may not be doing okay, it. Okay, I, I read it. I read it a couple times. First of all, it reads like a New York Times or a New York Post editorial. So who knows if yeah. there's if the thing is even legit? But let's assume it is. We have no idea who it is. So it, it yes, it could be a national security uh, concern. Absolutely. But my guess is it's an Obama holdover. Note, very important. Some people have falsely have have, have incorrectly stated 
investigated this. Unindicted. There's actually Oklahoma nothing in there. Yeah, no <laughs> there is no indication, <laughs> and certainly not in the piece itself, that the person is a Trump appointee. Never says that. It's a very big omission. And surely if the person was a, as a Trump appointee, they would have mentioned that. But nowhere d- does the person say that, and the New York Times doesn't claim that. So very likely, people don't understand how big the federal government is. And I would, be, I would, be, I would bet anything that it is not even anyone who even works in the White House. It's probably, for all we know, it's some Obama holdover from the Interior Department that's at the regional office of the, in, in Billings, Montana. Well, well, we have no Doug, idea. Doug, or it's Steve Bannon. But, but Doug, though, when, <laughs> when the New York Times identifies the person <laughs> as he, and then they added the S word, when they identify them as a senior White House but they never said it. They never said it was. A, they never said it was a Trump appointee. No, no, no. The, the, the administration has may thousands well, may, of may, appointees. Doug, thousands. Doug, Doug. Yeah. May, let me finish my question. Desperate. The it's New York Times identifies him as a senior White House official. Now, would everyone around this room that if a journalistic organization that, by the way, if this gets out. And this person is not a senior White House official, be they a, yeah. be they appointed by Trump or Obama. And this tradecraft. Then, yep. then it looks like stagecraft, and their reputation is hurt. Well, so I would yeah. say here's here's my point. I would say that the senior person here, even though we've had like 27, 35 people with their pictures saying that it wasn't me, it was me. Uh, it was. You know, it's not. It's the opposite of oh. me too. How long did it take? Wait, No, no. Here's here's my point. My point is, when the, if and when this name comes out, it's going to be a name that everybody around this table knows. No, we'll say one. No, we'll say Everyone loves vacationing in Florida. So why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Back in Chicago, we're debating the Nike uh, debate, the Nike controversy. Go Bears. Nike will Nike will win. That, that their audience are athletes. Nike is younger. up forty percent every year for the last ten years on average. Suburban white they're guys, fine. they know marketing. Buy, uh, they know exactly Nike. what they're doing. Anyway, yeah. I digress. We digress. <laughs> we digress. Um, the president. You know, we've been talking about uh, everything that was uh, uh, uploaded on the president last week. Well, the president obviously has not been sitting shyly by. He has responded. In fact, uh, at a rally in uh, Montana. He uh, chose to speak out against what happened to him last week inside the Beltway. Go ahead. For the sake of our national security, the New York Times should publish his name at once. I think their reporters should go and investigate who it is. Unelected deep state operatives who defy the voters to push their own secret agendas are truly a threat to democracy itself. 
Are they a threat to democracy, Phil Beverly? I think calling the media the enemy of the, the people is more of a threat to democracy. He didn't say that in that clip, though. Yeah. yeah. We discussed that last he's, week. He said that before. <laughs> yeah. So I think him Actually ponying up news. to Vladimir Putin inappropriately is more a threat to democracy than this. Well, what about someone who has a job inside the White House and, and they are supposed to be assisting the president in, in moving forward on policies that he brought to the American people and 62 million people gave him the right to be president of the United States? I mean, is that, is that not the height of arrogance? And is that person, again, is that person a profile in courage or is that person somewhat traitorous at least to the president if not to the country yes. i don't think he's to the country yes it's both okay are they well, doing their job still yes they're doing their job the are they advancing doing their job are they advancing yeah, the doing. the agenda they seem to in that op-ed tick off a number of their accomplishments right. for for this administration so it seems like they were supportive of those accomplishments and making sure that those so things if happen the pre- in other words if they if the president does what they personally favor they will do their job, and if the president asks them to do something that they don't like, it is their responsibility to their wife and family. They're going to go in there, and they're going to scuttle the president who was elected yes. by the American people. Yes, and I'll give you one example. And you think that's okay. And I'll give that's you one okay. example. Regardless of the party, you I'll think give that's you one, okay. I'll give you one example. Yeah. Okay. So in 1981, test. President Reagan signed Executive Order 12365. You can look this up if you don't know it already. It says basically we don't use assassination of foreign leaders as an as a instrument of our policy, right. right? And it's done for two reasons. One, we, we should be taking the moral high ground as the, the world's leader in democracy and right. such. And we don't want to have the script flipped on us where it's okay for other countries as instruments of their policy <laughs> to assassinate our presidents. We sort of want to keep our presidents in the White House, right? right? We discussed that in 1963. So when, when Assad uses poison gas and purportedly the president's response is for him to be assassinated nah, no don't do that what are you advise talking about the man, advise the man what are you talking about rescind the the executive order and then say deal with the consequences of that so if okay. the secretary of defense says uh, no we're not going to go assassinate assad and, and, and we don't at a personal level, about we don't know that anything thing. has happened, right. do we? But no, we because everybody on your true. side is about denial that nothing no, that's no, ever no, been no, said no, about no, this you, is you're, possibly Phil, true. Well, Phil, you are a fake news machine. I just oh want to my correct God. something. I'm when a you, fake news no, machine. I, 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 a Trump supporter I, I am, like, accusing somebody of being a fake news machine is definitely the kettle calling the skillet black. Really? Let Doug go. Let Doug. I want to correct the record on something. When you said the president says the media is the enemy of the people, that is totally false. And I wish, I wish you people on the left would stop repeating that, that untruth. That is not – Donald Trump has never said the media is the enemy of the people. He has always, always been very specific that the fake news is the enemy of the people. I think you know it. And I really wish you're not going to get away with it here. You, I'm sure you've said that in many other forums, but you won't hear because that is simply not true. But I did say it here. And, you, and, you're, and it is, I'm calling you out on it. it okay. It's not true. And I'm called out. Now what? Can we move on? Yeah, you should apologize to the President of the United States because that is, that is a huge yeah, you, difference. You go ahead and hold your breath waiting this, for an apology to that guy. I know you won't. You're not honorable enough. Gentlemen, in this particular case, 
that allegation, which is in the Woodward book, uh, Mattis denies having said that. So no no no. Everybody you, denies everything around this administration. Here's my question. This is, here, this is, no, I want to ask you a question because it, okay. goes, it goes back to this goes back to presidential judgment. It goes back to the judgment of this president and this administration. Right. When Bob Woodward came to the White House asking for their permission to write, not permission, letting them know that they were looking for cooperation, and according to Conway. Uh, Kerry Ann Conway, she advised the president, look at this, make up, the, make up his mind. He chose to go ahead with this deal. Now, I would disagree with something that, that Roberto Montagna has said. Everyone that's ever been a subject of a Bob Woodward book has charged that they had, they had quotes in there that were erroneous. You may say R.A. Fisher said it. George Bush, I don't think, said that. Right. John Belushi did not say His that. Family did not. And here's yeah. that's right. And the other point is the people who were close to Richard Nixon didn't believe it. Right. I mean the fact is that that Bob Woodward, I'm going back to Watergate yeah. time, okay? A, a fresh scrubbed new face, okay? Every time it looked like Richard Nixon was able to answer and was about to turn the corner on Watergate, another shoe fell. Another shoe fell when the head of the deputy of head of the FBI, deep throat, deep inside the intelligence community, or the deep state at that time, dropped another shoe on Richard Nixon, and that's why he—that's why Bob Woodward became the darling that he was. It's why he bagged one president of the United States. It's why he got a Pulitzer Prize. And what I'm saying is, he's doing, in my view. That's that's the guy's M.O. So to say that this guy is Mr. Squeaky Clean, I go back to how he made his reputation. Well, and and he made his he made his reputation by taking leaks from the government right. and following up and releasing to the American people. And by the way, given the fact that Richard Nixon had some uh, enemies in the intelligence community and given the fact that this president has many enemies right. in the intelligence community. Bob Woodward is there to take the story, exactly. to, either to do, either tell real stories, make the stories up. It's Bob Woodward right. being Bob Woodward. My question is, I know that. I can't believe there are people at the White House that don't know everything that I've just articulated. Why the hell do they agree to give everybody in the White House a go-ahead to talk to Bob Woodward. I, why do they do it? I, why does the president, why does the president a, talk about the failing New York Times, and that's the newspaper he gives all of his exclusives right. to? Well, you know, why? I, Judgment. I think there's this always this feeling of, well, maybe maybe I can still win them over. I think there's maybe that I do. But no. I, I want to point then to that, another point. Then that speaks really? to a... Mental weakness of oh, the president. You know, okay, you're there not, are a lot. It's, there it's are like, a lot. Let's of, try to win over Bob Mueller. I'm going to go testify so I can win over Bob Mueller. Okay, all right, we're going to come. Here, one, one, thirty seconds to you, and then we're going right. to go to the side. Here's the thing: this op-ed and this Bob Woodward novel have come out and basically reinforced everything the Trump supporters have believed about Washington being yes. the swamp and. So if you ask me, I think this is a great week for Donald Trump because it what has come out and then Obama going out there pretending to claim, you know, claiming credit for the economy, all of this lined up together is just proof. I think that it is cementing support for Trump. It is going to the fact that 
It is proven that, yes, there is, in fact, a deep state. He, there is a swamp that he does things. There are people trying to undermine him. They've elected him. It's Washington trying to take control. So this Washington was a trick. Back. So the bottom line, this was, this yeah, was okay. a trick to get I Bob Woodward this, to do another To my vote. husband, I said, wouldn't this be funny if this were all, all orchestrated by Trump himself? Well, to, what do you think, Roberto? To, to garner his support. Is Pulitzer he that Pri- smart? Pulitzer Prize winning <laughs> Bob Woodward does his homework, and when he comes to you, he already has 80% of the puzzle. He's not asking you for first-person stuff on something he has no idea about. What he does is he already has access to files on tape. He's got what we call, or what young people call, the receipts. And so the photo, for example, of the memo that got taken off. Uh, he probably has things that are classified. Now, that may or may not be good. I would argue, as a veteran, it's terrible. But when you're the president, I'm not going to call him crazy. I'm going to say that that was a rational decision to try to spin and also to learn what you got. Because the mm. president's nothing yeah. if not a showman, and he wants to control the show. I, 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 I want you to speak about what I was talking about, because Bob Woodward is a showman as well. Yes. Bob, Bob yeah. Woodward's yeah. chief source in many cases, in many cases historically— have been police agencies or FBI or CIA. Right. So these are people that are holders of secrets, in many cases national security secrets, and they say, you know what, I'm going to help a reporter for the Washington Post take down the duly elected president of the United States. Isn't, isn't that part of the power of Bob Woodward? I and th- to have people say, oh, I, he won a Pulitzer Prize, what a great reporter. I think the fourth I'm estate, just asking I think, the truth. I think the fourth estate is a crucial part of our, of our government. So do I. I'm not denying that. And, and the, is, the role is that— the for, is, is, is the fourth estate only there to rely on leaks and information from those that are supposed to be protecting the country from national security? This, I'm sure that if I had my—if my best friend worked for the CIA, I could be breaking all kinds of stories here every Sunday night. Bruce, I, that nobody has ever heard we, of. Yeah, we're never going to do that, right? We're never going to break stories like that. But what's happening here is you're seeing a constant degradation of the office. And some people share what they think is important. In but, the aggregate, the genius no. of Woodward, but nobody, the genius of nobody, Woodward is putting that story. Nobody is surprised by the description of Donald Trump. Well, come on, Bruce, Bruce, I think I'll Back shortly. I think, back shortly. And I'm going to get back to you. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City at HiltonUniversal.com. They let you be the star in Hollywood. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Doug Ivendahl, you wanted to uh, comment on Bob Woodward? Oh, I, just, I just wanted to wrap up the, uh, the, on the we're talking about the Bob Woodward book. Uh, respectfully, Bruce, I think you're giving way 
too much um, weight to the Bob Woodward book. I think I think in a week now, a week from now, the Woodward book is going to seem like ancient history. I mean, consider a, a week ago was the John McCain funeral, which was like this huge deal. I mean, now, I mean, doesn't it seem like it was like so long ago? But Bob Woodward writes a lot. He he cranks out a lot of books. Um, most of them, you know, very few of them, any of you, you know, anyone here could could even name. And as far as you know, the Trump people cooperating, Bob Woodward was going to write what he was going to write, no matter what. I mean, m- many of his sources are all anonymous anyway. I think it's I think it's a um, I, I think it's a tempest in a teapot. Here's just very quickly, I'll, I'll finish here. But th- here's what's going on: for three years, all of the you know the the Trump enemies have tried to bring him down. First, it was you know before he got in. Oh, he'll destroy the country. The stock market will crash. The markets will crash. Everyone will be out of work. It's going to be terrible. He's Hitler. Now that everything, now after all this winning, all these successes, he's just now Hitler. now they're saying, oh, well, he's well, it's it's actually we did it all, and he's just a bystander. He had nothing to do with it. It is so ridiculous. I think the American people see through it. David, listening to us on the stream uh, from San Francisco, go ahead, David. Uh, I. I think it sounds like your guests are whistling in the wind. Uh, Trump is clearly organized crime, and he's doing gang warfare. He's he's basically you know going against his uh, other big gangs around the world. When you look at the history of the uh, Soviet Union's fall, uh, many uh, of the largest financiers in the world uh, swooped in on the former Soviet Union and bought it up bought up all of the apartments, bought up all of the farms and factories. And so the oligarchs are really just money managers for the super rich of the world. And so Trump is basically negotiating with, uh, with those people. And it's uh, it, any kind of pretense that the United States is uh, fearing communism in Soviet Union or Russia is preposterous. But with the erratic behavior of Trump, I'm really more concerned that uh, what used to be steady-state economics is going to rapidly spiral into hyperinflation. Uh, you know, we're seeing a hamburger here in San Francisco that used to be $15 is now $17. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the course of about two months. Yeah. So, uh, and when are you, you buying looking- this, uh, Phil? Uh, are you f- buying what uh, David is uh, selling tonight? I'm I'm concerned about um, the I'll call it the panic. I would appreciate it if the president didn't sort of diminish his own attorney general, for example, publicly, because it appears that he's diminishing his his appointee publicly, and the attorney general being the the chief law enforcer. I think it's important that we have some confidence. In, in him, and when his boss doesn't have confidence in him, it's it makes me f- sort of uncomfortable. Are you you used to work in the Justice Department? Are you uncomfortable uh, with the way the president speaks of the, the Attorney General in public? Why couldn't all that be in private? You know, it's funny. Um, if if I felt I feel if Donald Trump really didn't like Jeff Sessions this much and Jeff Sessions was failing him, he would have been fired by now. So I have this bizarre theory that it's sort of a game that he plays with Jeff Sessions where I get to go out and criticize you in public, but then on the other hand, when you defy me, you prove your independence. And so nobody can question that. So in a very bizarre way, 
It, he has allowed Jeff Sessions to be independent, and he can't be criticized for, you know, interfering. Do you agree with that, Doug? Is there something? Uh, I'd, I'd respectfully disagree a little bit with my Republican colleague on that. I think that, uh, I think that um, first of all, as, I mean, as an attorney, I, I, re- I respect Jeff Sessions. I think, he's a, I think his heart's probably in the right place. I think he was probably actually at one time a very good attorney, but He's I, I will he's seventy one now, which is actually younger than Donald Trump. Just but a, a I think kid. he's an I think he's an old seventy one. I think I think he's over his head. Yes, I think I think Jeff Sessions is over his head. Donald Trump, you know, was rewarding Jeff Sessions' loyalty during the campaign, and you know, for for crying out loud, I just wish Jeff, please take a hint. If you had any of us had a boss that was tweeting about us, I mean Jeff Sessions to take a hint. Should he should he talk about it, you know, one on one, you know, off offline? I'm sure he has. He's a I'm sure, I, I'm sure he has. But Donald Trump, I, I love the tweets. They I think we you know we, we're under we're understanding yeah. you know okay. what where Donald Trump is coming from. And I, I wish I wish Jeff Sessions well, Jeff Sessions is being led around. He is clearly over his head in that Justice Department. Okay. The job is too big for him. There, well our Democrats Democrats may agree with that. Uh, yeah. your oh, throat. clearly. He wrote the New yeah. York Times piece. There's your, yeah, no you kidding. You think he wrote the New York no, Times piece? No, I'm kidding. No, he wouldn't have done that. I, I it just, doesn't even matter, right? What matters is what's happening in 58 days. Okay, we're, uh, d- Democrats are planning on winning in November, and we're absolutely winning the House. We're probably, we, 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 I would say with full confidence that the Senate is in play. If you go down the roster of the Senate seats that are in play, the Dems are dominant. We're, we're, the Demo, Dem, I, I wrote it down. Arizona up by five for Dems. Nevada up by one. Tennessee up by one. Republic, Republicans in Texas are in trouble with Beto O'Rourke. So we're, we, we have a shot at taking angle. the House and the Senate. Well, let's go back to David's Okay, there's comment. a prediction, the House and, and the Senate. And then, you know, the problem is the $17 hamburger in San Francisco has nothing to do, I think, with Trump's policies. It has to do with the city of San Francisco's policies. Actually, a $17 and, hamburger in San Francisco isn't that high. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> must and, be going to one of the fast and, food places. You know, so. We've got to pause. We're going to be back with another full hour. We have lots more to talk about. We haven't even talked much about what uh, Barack Obama said uh, this past week. We're going to talk about that. I know the Democrats and Republicans will be very excited about that, as well as some other important issues that we'll be discussing. Wherever you're listening from coast to coast and border to border, this is Beyond the Beltway, now in our 39th year on the air, and it's great to have you with us every Sunday night. I'm Bruce Dumont from Chicago. off the beaten track far enough, you'll find an America teeming with the unusual, the odd, the downright strange. I'm Will Klinger, and I'm your guide on a package tour we like to call Wild Travels. Join us on our weekly road trip to see America's most offbeat and unusual attractions. Wild Travels, available on your local PBS station. Or it darn well should be. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live. 
the experience. For the first time ever, get an inside look at the making of SNL. Critics nationwide are raving over 500 artifacts direct from the show. Be a part of Wayne's World, Weekend Update, and so much more. Experience all it takes to put the show together. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications at 360 North State Street in Chicago. For tickets, visit museum.tv. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida. So why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sip cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. At HiltonUniversal.com, they let you be the star in Hollywood. Back in Chicago, we continue with Beyond the Beltway, and uh, President uh, Barack Obama uh, was on the trail uh, last week. Uh, He had been quiet for quite some time, but he decided that he was going to jump in and make some comments about President Trump. And uh, our microphones and our cameras were there. Uh, not the Beyond the Beltway cameras. They were other cameras, and we're just using their tape right now to share this with you all. It did not start with Donald Trump. He is a symptom, not the cause. He's just capitalizing on resentments that politicians have been fanning for years. Well, do you agree with that? Fanning, no. fanning flames, and because politicians did not. I think address he's, it. He's he is he is a response to the frustrations of Americans living under Obama's policies. So he That's still doesn't he get why he why he Hillary lost. Exactly, uh, Phil. Nor does Hillary. Wow, <laughs> um, for one of for a guy who's caught on tape engaged in some fairly misogynistic behavior for us to say that you're talking about president Trump. I'm talking about the current president. Okay. 
You mean talking? And there, you... and there seems to be no consequence for that behavior, for his um, purportedly saying that the worst mistake he, he made was condemning white supremacists in Charlottesville, right? Really? That's, that's a hard thing to do in this culture? And then be not be accused of being that symptom that that President Obama was talking about. I, I got to tell you, I think the president, the former president's right about the current president. He is a symptom, and t- to his credit, I think it's important that the current president give voice to people who have felt voiceless, not because of Obama policies. They felt voiceless for a long time. And I think that it wasn't just Donald Trump who gave voice to that. I think Bernie Sanders gave voice to that as well, that there are people who have been ignored in this country for a long time. Roberto, you probably have wanted uh, right. President Obama to get involved politically. Was that the strongest thing that he could have said? Um, you know, the people are sovereign. The president's following what he sees uh, in Texas, in Florida, which are traditionally Republican strongholds, and he's seeing that shift. He's seeing uh, election of uh, candidate Presley, right, who took over for Tip O'Neill's old seat, John F. Kennedy's old seat. This is a historic area. The reason she won against another good Dem is because she put all of her TV money into Univision and Telemundo. And she spoke to the issue of immigration, which this president also spoke to, but on the other side. So the president is at a 53% approval rating, despite an amazing economy. If the Washington Post puts him at uh, 60% negative disapproval, I should say, negative um, ratings. So the tone from the president is hurting Republicans. Um, It's nice to see Obama. Did that tone that we just heard, do you think that tone is going to rally people to come out. I mean, that, yes, it was, for, it was, it was Republicans. It, yeah, it was reported. It was reported that the you know it, it said fiery speech. Well, you know that to me was not a fiery speech. That wasn't fiery at all. Well, he's just I, 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 I would. It's not a spanner. It's going to drive Steve. I would. I'll give Trump. I'm sorry. I'll give Obama credit for one accomplishment that he did. He gave us Donald Trump. Um, Obama's speech at, at, at University of Illinois, my law school alma mater, very disappointed that they allowed that speech to become a very partisan um, get-out-the-vote um, speech for, for the Democrats in the midterms. But that, that just reminded people that just him. reminded people why <laughs> we got Donald Trump. They were tired of a president who gave them tedious, sanctimonious, holier-than-thou lectures. And for, for, for Barack Obama... You know, this, this dog whistle to his, you know, unhinged base about Nazis, there, there was actually, a, we had a, an honest-to-God Nazi, a Nazi concentration camp guard that was living openly and in comfort in the city of New York for the last couple decades during, the, during Barack Obama's entire tenure. The community there, the Jewish community in particular, obviously, was, was pressured, um, Obama and George W. Bush before him, Get this Nazi out of this country, but Germany wouldn't wouldn't take him back. It took Donald Trump just a couple weeks ago. Donald Trump working with his openly gay ambassador to Germany. I mean, imagine see how many narratives Donald Trump destroys in a single action. It took Donald Trump and his openly gay ambassador to Germany to finally get Germany to take back their Nazi. 
What do you think of that, Roberto? I think One it's less Nazi. It's a lot of hot air, okay? We don't care about Nazis. You don't care about Nazis living in the United States? I care that there's a Republican. I care that there's a Republican Nazi in Illinois in Chicago running, and nobody on your side had the guts to turn that down. Oh, nobody. First of all, nobody. Running for Congress. Listen, my friend. Nobody has been a bigger critic and exposing that disaster on the Republican side than I you have. You mean the Nazis friend. that are running as and Republicans? He's, he's, yeah, he is. He's, all, he's, run as a, he's run as a Democrat I don't see Democrat any Nazis in the, on the Democratic side. If you're, if you're, is your, if, Roberto, if your argument is that the Republican Party in, in Chicago and in, in, in Cook County is a joke, I agree. You know, that's something we can actually agree on. Yes. But for <laughs> you, I don't see, what does that have to do? Our, what does that our, have to do? Our line of attack is what does that, that he, have to do with Obama? Is surrounded by what does that have to do with Obama not doing something officials. about a, about a Nazi living Duncan in New York Hunter. City. Or George Bush not doing Chris something Collins about a Nazi living in New, in New York, York City. Was, the litany of people going to jail in this administration, it's like Santa Claus's bad kid list. Ladies and gentlemen, please Manafort calm was not down. in the administration. Calm Trump down. fired him. Shh. You don't know what you're talking Shh. about. The Stephanie, thing is, it's even bring some deeper. calm and decorum. It's deeper than that. Donald Trump is a symptom not just of Obama and specific things he did as president. He is also riding the wave of a lot of resentment on the move towards PC culture, socialism, all of these sort of movements. Um, Gay rights. And and that's... Mm -hmm. Not j- it's that's what people are responding to. Okay, the president, President Obama, also had something else to say. Let's take a look at it. It should not be a partisan issue to say that we do not pressure the attorney general or the FBI to use the criminal justice system as a cudgel to punish our political opponents. Stephanie. But it's okay to use the IRS. I forgot to add that part. We were talking about <laughs> a president. To add that part. Who, I'm sorry. All of the things that we've learned that Eric Holder did. How about the Benghazi stories with Susan Rice? How about using his officials to lie, cover up? Well, more recent, how the about, FISA, the FISA application, about, the FISA, how about, the FISA, how about the FISA court the, process. How about the Nigerian the, uranium as an excuse to go how, to war? Will you all stop with how, the accusations? No, we we says, both we do it. Says, just says say it. Says, we both do it. Wait, IRS, so just admit clearly. we both do it. Says the guy who spent two years on it. The, the, the hypocrisy is you unbelievable. Did both sides do it or not? Yes or no? Yes or no? no, no. Both sides do it. No, I didn't. Hey, thank you. Then we have nothing to, to talk about. You make up stuff. You're a fake news machine. We really don't. IRS. Okay, fake news I, machine. I Nigerian that. uranium as an excuse for war in Iraq. Fake news? Don't think so. Okay, we'll be right back. <laughs> Are you planning for the day when you can retire to your dream home in Palm Springs, California? A day surrounded by spectacular scenery, golf courses, a rich cultural life, and great dining? If you are, you'll need a guide, someone who knows where to look, an experienced broker, someone who knows the desert communities of Southern California and all they have to offer. That person is Brian Beard, who's been making dreams come true for over 13 years, selling over $100 million in real estate, including celebrity and architecturally significant homes to the rich and famous, and more importantly, to people just like you. 
Brian's company, Caldwell Banker, has agents worldwide, but Brian Beard is your man in Palm Springs. Call Brian now at 760-799-7096. That's 760-799-7096. Or visit him online at briansellsthedesert.com. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. We were talking about uh, a little bit earlier in the broadcast. We were talking about uh, the hearings, the Kavanaugh hearings last week. Uh, there were at least two members of uh, that uh, uh, hearing committee that wanted that want to be president of the United States. One is Cory Booker from New Jersey. The other is Camilla Harris. Uh, she is uh, from uh, the great state of California. And uh, they had their time in the sun last week. And again, uh, Stephanie made some comments about... Uh, uh, Cory Booker, who might have really uh, slipped on uh, on his tongue last week when he made a big point about releasing some information uh, and was willing to sort of fall on the sword for it. And, and, and right as he was saying he was going to do that, uh, it was called to everybody's attention by the news media that the papers that he was making this big deal about releasing had been released by the committee in the middle of the night. So he, <laughs> he looked somewhat foolish. I want to get everybody's reaction. But again, uh, the moment that everybody... Uh, remembers about Cory Booker and will be part of his sort of permanent record if he continues his run for president, which I'm sure he will, uh, was this memorable comment. I did willingly violate the chair's rule on the committee confidential process. Uh, I take full responsibility for violating that, sir. This is about the closest I'll probably ever have in my life to an I am Spartacus moment. All right, Phil Beverly, (laughs) Cory Booker, was he high on your list uh, for 2020 or not? No, he wasn't okay. really high so on this, my list. So this, this drops him down uh, from a uh, not uh, very high list? No, not really. I mean, I, didn't, I don't see either of those two senate, senators having sort of the gravitas yet to, to make be it. competitive. And in the crazy town that we live in of politics in the modern era, who knows? What do you think, Roberto? They were trying to speak to the uh, left wing base. Yeah. So I, I don't th- neither of those is a presidential candidate, at least not in, in my my view. And, um, you know, if anything, I'm not making news here. I think that Biden's got a good shot at it. Um, but I, this this entire sideshow, look, they have 51 votes. This is all theater. Right. And so we're going to get to October 1st. He'll be appointed as the next justice. And then as a Dem, it's my duty to say, hey, did you like that? If not, vote November. Right? Mm-hmm. So my job is to, is to show that point, make the counterpoint. Right. You made, uh, in the last segment, you were talking about uh, some of the Democrats who are in uh, competitive races right. uh, from red states. Right. My recollection is you think all of those are likely to win? Go, we need go seven through. out of nine. And okay, who is, the record, let's, let's talk about the big three. Let's talk about what you think is going to happen in West Virginia. Well, West Virginia is definitely – well, it's a Democrat plus eight is, okay. is what is polling right now. Joe Manchin is, is doing well at yeah. the moment. Yep. Uh, North Dakota is R plus one, which is crazy. Missouri is R, is R plus one. Democrat uh, – Indiana is Democrat plus six. So, you know, we have – Where? where? Indiana. Uh, Indiana. Yeah. I mean – Indiana. Like, That's there, Joe there, Donnelly. There's a, yeah, and there's a, there's a, but there's a great leader there in South Bend that I'd love for people to get to know. Um, Indiana, D plus six. Florida, R plus two, but you're not really counting – the Latinos that came in 
from Puerto Rico. Why are they not counted in this uh, in this poll? Because just people that do polling so it's Rick Scott. historically undercount Latinos and people of color, generally speaking. And if, okay. but if you want to see why that matters, it's because like Presley won. In, in, because she put all of her money into Latino media on the, on the TV side. Now, I don't buy media, but that's just but, where her, her people know, put the money. But that's a Democrat. That's a liberal Democrat winning in Massachusetts. That's not a story. That's but, winning against yeah, exactly. that's winning a winning against against a very, incumbent. <laughs> very established yeah. incumbent. An established incumbent. So my point is that there, there are messages. Well, again, but, but one of the messages this year is that establishment incumbents in primaries are not doing well. Especially on the Democratic side, but right? she was you're, not polling anywhere near competitively, okay. right? Right. Okay, so, look, look but my, my my point, I, one point, and then I'll go to Doug, is it seems to me that when the president talks primarily about the uh, about who he needs to get Kavanaugh, he always starts with Murkowski and, and with Collins. Right. I think he's got Murkowski and Collins. I think he has them. Yeah. You know, when Collins said that he had told her that uh, Roe v. Wade was, was, was set a law, I thought he had her. I don't think there's anything that I saw in that hearing that would change them. So the yeah. question is, are, you don't really need the Democrats, but the Democrats, it seems to me that when the president goes to Indiana right. and just excoriates Joe Donnelly, I mean, he wants a, a Republican to be elected the senator. You're not going to get it this time. If I was Joe Donnelly, I wouldn't be voting for the president based on what he said to right. Them, right. you know, about me. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The Heidi Heidkamp may have a different story. The long game here is 58 days from now, what's happening, and that's going to be, yeah. well, unfortunately, we have more to talk about now because the, the, the primary thrust is probably corruption, and the second one is elections have consequences. So respectfully, if you're a Third party, swing state voter, kindly consider voting Democrat. What's the corrupt? What, what is the corruption? Yeah. Uh, we should also mention uh, that uh, Governor Ducey in Arizona appointed John Carl to replace uh, uh, John McCain. That will be that's a clear vote for uh, for Kavanaugh. All right. So where? Go ahead. Well, uh, I, well I was going to say on the on the corruption angle. Now that uh, uh, Barack Obama is back on the cam- campaign trail. I really hope someone asks him. Now would be a, a great time to ask him what did he know and when did he know it with respect to the uh, the FISA applications and the misleading of the uh, the FISA court and the Russian dossier. But let me let me say one other thing about the midterms. Or why did he, why did Susan Rice tell the intelligence community to shut down when his chief cyber officer? was zeroing in on Russian involvement there, before exactly. the election. There, there's a number of things on that. But let me come back to the midterms and the, the politics of this. I, I, in doing my homework for this show, because that's what I do, because um, I thought the midterms would come up. Since the Civil War, on average, the president's party in the midterm loses an average of, of 32 seats in the House, in Congress. That's, that's what's happened. You know how many Barack Obama lost um, in his first midterm in 2010? 63 seats in Congress. 63. So I'm delighted to see Barack Obama out on the campaign trail. Barack Obama is great campaigning for himself. If you if you played a drinking game with that speech at University of Illinois and you drank every time he said I, you would die of you'd be dead of alcohol poisoning within ten minutes. That guy is so self centered. He's great electing himself, great about talking about himself, but he was so devastating. He was devastating as he was as devastating is. for the he for the Democratic Party. As is. Devastating as for the Democratic is. Party. The Democrats lost more seats, over a thousand okay, okay. seats as at is. all levels. Under his as is the ratings machine known as Donald Trump. The Donald is about as narcissistic a person. I'm not even talking a president 
as there is. And so if Everybody you – Everybody yeah. no, no politicians. That's so, 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 so to say he something defies, like that about Barack defied. Obama one is, is pretty ridiculous Donald, Donald Trump face. And I think we're all diminished by having wait, wait, heard that. No, Donald Trump wins point. elections for here's Republicans. The, here, here's the point. We don't – Roy Moore. We don't know that, okay? Who we, we didn't back, by the way. We do know. You're, so you're, my point is Roberta. that not not because of President Trump, but 43 Republican incumbents have said, I'm out. That's a lot. And that's, that's and, and that says a lot. And that says a lot. And only two are under indictment. So Duncan and Collins. That's, that's pretty good. Only two are under indictment. Okay. You guys, so you guys still don't get it, though. In a Republican-controlled Justice you Department. You guys, you guys still don't get it. The Trump phenomenon is not We Republican. only need it's not 23 Republican seats. versus Democrat. It's, it's old school versus new. It's, it's, it's do-nothings versus doers. On average? And Trump supporters would be the first to say that there are still a lot of Republicans who need to go, too. That's what you guys still don't get, to and Doug's that's why you guys point, are still going to lose. To Doug's point, on average, 32 seats shift. We only need 23, and 43 have retired. Yeah. So we're going so to take the House. the numbers are sort of looking you sort know, of wavish. We're going to Just take so the you know. Roberto, have you, have you, ever, been, have you ever been right about any of these predictions? We had these same thing before the election. Well, you were so I've been calling Texas not for only, not a year now. Hillary going to I've been calling Beto O'Rourke for a year. Folks, 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 folks. For those people who are listening to this broadcast, and our good friend Kenny Reimeyer down at KLBJ, He's going to run a tape on what you're about to say. The next senator from Texas is going to be who and why? Better or work, absolutely, because he is doing the grassroots organizing. He's doing the work. He's mobilized other districts in, in throughout Texas. Bear County is on fire. Austin is on fire. And the border, there is a huge undercurrent of attention on this campaign. Why is it? We've got Brian, uh, who's coming up soon. But why is it that our listeners in, at KLBJ, who are listening to the show this evening, unless uh, we've got a football game preempting us, why are they not calling in to say, Roberto, you're absolutely right? Because they're watching the they're Bears there. beat the Packers. They're, they're, they're there. watching the Bears. <laughs> they're there. They're watching the Bears. They're not watching the Bears in, <laughs> in Texas. They watch real teams down there. Oh, <laughs> Bruce, come on. Well, we're going to find out. Well, all right, we hope that everybody at KLBJ has recorded that last little prediction. Absolutely. Because on the day after the like, because we had a guest I'll here be a back. couple of weeks ago. You can yell we at had me. a left-of-center guest here last week, yeah. a couple of weeks ago on this show, and she was wrong on every single prediction she made, <laughs> on every single one. Yeah. For because she the midterm? Yeah, or she for was talking 2016. About specific, yeah. She was talking about specific races. She was predicting that, that Nixon was going to up, uh, up, up, uh, beat uh, Cuomo. Of course, that hasn't happened what? yet. I'm just telling oh, you. That's never going to happen. I'm just repeating what I heard on Beyond the Beltway. That's all I do. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she all missed right. that yeah. one. We have gone far into this broadcast, and uh, in fact, we're going to uh, set it up a little bit because we'll, we'll get into it in the next segment. And to those listening around the country, we don't want you to tune out the next segment because we're going to be talking about national politics between now and the time we go back to talking about national politics. We also have some callers, and uh, we'll take that caller when we come back. But also, a huge story in Chicago was that Rahm Emanuel, former chief of, uh, of, chief of staff for President Barack Obama, longtime congressman and uh, now running for his third term as mayor of Chicago, he announced that he is not seek, seeking re-election. That was, you talk about a bombshell in Chicago, that no one at this moment has any idea 
who the next mayor of Chicago is. The, the race is not until February of next year, and then there'll be a general election in April. When we come back, we're going to talk about that because Rahm Emanuel has been an important figure in Democratic national politics. We want to find out what impact, if any, he will have on 2020 and also what's going to happen in the city of Chicago. Back shortly. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida. So why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sip cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Bruce Dumont back. We're talking about the personal life of Laura Ingram. Uh, <laughs> you want to put that on the record? No. no. By the way, we have a uh, tweet from uh, KLBJ. Or Mr. Scott writes, we're not voting for a liberal Irish Democrat prepen- pretending to be a Latino for senator. So there you go. But we are. Oh. We'll find out. Let's go to Roger listening to us uh, in uh, KLBJ. Let's find out what he has to say about the midterm. Go ahead. Good evening. Well, I'm not much on predicting elections, but I will say this. If the public knew all about Beto O'Rourke, he wouldn't have a prayer of winning the election here. This guy's carrying a ton of baggage. He was arrested for breaking and entering and burglary at the UT El Paso the year he graduated from, from uh, Columbia, uh, was charged with, and he, he says, oh, I just jumped the fence. Well, he got charged with the criminal code 3002, which he, he had to have been inside of a building to be charged with that felony. He got charged with the DUI. He goes on Ellen DeGeneres' show and says, oh, it was a mistake. Well, the mistake was he was doing about 90 miles an hour down I-10 outside of El Paso, 50% over the intoxicated limits, crashes into a car, goes across the interstate median into oncoming traffic. Roger, hang on just for a second. Roberto, are you aware of this, uh, these discretions, indiscretions by your candidate in Texas? I've read the opposition research. And those that's are part of it. Is it true? Is any of that all true? That's, all that's correct. But all that's true. Okay. It is. What, you know, I'm not denying he, any he, of that. But we're, we're electing someone that is who's looking to the future. Correct. And 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 there there, there were certain indis, you know bad decisions. I'm not going to beat up on the president, but I mean, lots of people have done things they're not proud of. And he he and and if that's the worst that you can tell me about Beto O'Rourke. I, I'm just kind of like past that. Breaking and entering, that's, that's okay. He what, trespassed. DUI? He trespassed. Tre- he trespassed. No, no. no. He, he was serious. charged with criminal code 30.02. Okay. He broke into a building with intent to okay. burglarize it. So, well, the question, uh, the question is, isn't he, uh, 
isn't he giving Ted Cruz a, a run for his money? I understand that, that people at the White House are worried that Ted Cruz might lose. Have he, you not he, have he not did. have you not heard that? Well, his father he, did. He, well, no, he, he he's giving a very he's a very good politician. He's very smooth. Okay, but he's got a lot of baggage. Okay, you, know, you look at his mother and sister, hmm. the family business. They were they took six hundred and thirty thousand dollars from one guy in cash and tried to hide it. She got federally charged with fifteen counts of of restructuring money laundering. And, and a well, half million dollar fine and five years probation. I think we're you know, learning more about your candidate, your guy. Candidate's mom. Your candidate's mother. That's well, what he said. She, is yeah, she running for yeah, something? I mean, sounds like there's well, a lot of. But what about Ted Cruz's father? Uh, who, who, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not going to go there. Roger, Roger, listen, thank you. Thank you for calling. We do appreciate it. That's why we have Beyond the Beltway. We want to hear from uh, all the uh, cities out there that carry this program. And uh, thank you for uh, sharing the other part of the uh, uh, story of the Democratic candidate who's challenging uh, uh, Mr. The Rafael is his name, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Brian in Roselle, go ahead. Are you in Roselle, Illinois? Yes, I'm in Illinois. Go ahead. You're on the air. And, uh, no score in a Bears game yet. By ah! The way. Okay. <laughs> what Bears game? <laughs> but anyway, uh, I called way back when to comment that Obama had it right when he said that Obama, or excuse me, Trump isn't the problem. He's the symptom of the problem. Uh-huh. And the real problem is both parties are failing horribly. Sure. Uh, you. Yeah, you know, if I listen to your panelists, their historical memory seems to go back about two weeks. And, uh, you know, back in the 2016 election, the, the conventional thinking was that Trump was going to destroy the Republican Party. He was going to go down in flames to Hillary. But, of course, he didn't. It was a bolt from the blue. And the reason he won, because the Clintons are about the worst corrupt family that the Democrats could have nominated. I mean, Bill and Hillary are absolutely corrupt. And, I, you know, I'm a independent. I'm a member of a private labor union. I have Democratic leanings, but I follow politics. And I know very well what Bill Clinton did to American working people. So I am no yep. fan of the Clintons. But the real problem is corporate television media – and both parties are extremely corrupt. And Donald Trump was a wrecking ball that somehow got elected president of the United States. And uh, I'd like to hear your comments on that. We'll start with Stephanie. Well, I would agree there are some parts of the Republican Party that are happy with the status quo. They uh, they like to cut their deals in Washington, and there's definitely an establishment uh, feeling, and, and those are the people that are resisting some of the changes or um, some of the in- instincts of Donald Trump. But I wouldn't say all Republicans are corrupt or bad, and just to open your eyes a little bit, Brian, that is at least in you know certain parts of the conservative side of the Republican Party, there is still a, a, a strong belief in, and I think Donald Trump, taps into this of individual freedom, individual responsibility, um, limited government, and um, th- those are and lower taxes, anything to get Washington out of daily life. 
And that's one thing that the, at least the more conservative wing of the Republican Party believes in, and that is, or at least the true members, yeah, yeah. Um, is that limited government. And he is, he's tapping into the fact that a lot of the people, the frustrations people feel are the increase in government that the, Repu the Republican Party, part of it, did didn't grow the, did grow the government, did increase it. I think what he's tapping into is sort of the Republicans that that believed in the things that Ron, more Ronald Reagan type Republicans, and Doug, that's yeah, what's been missing. No, I, uh, uh, Stephanie, I actually I, I don't disagree with anything you said, but I, I would say that it's, it's it's very interesting if you notice Donald Trump actually very rarely says the word conservative. He's not he's not like that's my frustration in Illinois. A lot of my Republican friends they just sit around and who who's a, who's a conservative? Who's a rhino? Who's a liberal? You know, blah blah. blah. It's Donald Trump is. Doesn't, doesn't care, care about, about any of that. that. The guy is a doer. And so, yes, he's absolutely right. You know, during the primary, he said, you know what, it's a rigged system. And, and I, I clearly remember him saying more than once when, they, when the old establishment was coming after him and trying to derail him that the Republican system was even more rigged than what, the, what Hillary, how she was rigging the system against um, Bernie and their party. He's absolutely right about that. What, what, what Donald Trump has done is he's shown people, and that's why he got – that's why Donald Trump won, because he got voters who actually voted for, for uh, Barack Obama twice, and then they voted for him. That is, a, yeah. that is a, like a huge accomplishment, which he doesn't get enough credit for. He's called people out, and what he's done to the Republican Party is he's actually doing things that the rest of the Republican Party has just been sitting around talking about for the last 30 years. Immigration control, uh, illegal immigration control, using um, taxes. Uh, deregulation, moving the, the moving the um, uh, our 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 embassy it's to Jerusalem. Right, yeah. I want to. I want to. I'm fixing go the to, VA. I want to. I want to go to to, uh, to Phil. Phil, when when you look at that, is there any of that analysis that you agree with? In uh, the words, in the words, the reason that Donald Trump won, he was saying things to people. In many cases, he was repeating back to them what they were saying to their neighbors over the back fence for 25 years. And these are people that don't vote. And again, I think the one thing that, that Doug said that, that shocks me is I don't think enough has been said and written and, 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 and statistics provided. How many people voted for Barack Obama and Donald Trump? I mean, that, that's those it is those voters. It is those voters in the five or six states in the Midwest where he won this election, that's the key to his vote. And and what I'm when when I heard, when I heard uh, President Obama this past week, to me that entire speech was about reaching out to Republicans, suburban Republicans, suburban Republican women, basic people that voted for him, for historic reasons. And he's trying to convince them the party that you voted for, the party that, that I used to run against, was, a, was at least a civil party. They didn't scream and yell. They didn't embarrass themselves. They fought for political issues. And I think his appeal is to people who live in Evanston, Illinois, or Wilmette, who are Republicans, who might have voted for Donald Trump, and now they're embarrassed because of the rhetoric and some of the issues, some of the some of his public statements, and and so they're thinking of a kinder, gentler political climate, which is only going to come when one or two of the houses are controlled by someone from the other party. That's my. That's where I think his message is. 
I would agree that that might be the messaging. I, I would say that the Trump White House has no idea the tsunami that would hit them with a Democratic takeover of the House. We'll hit them. I'm just going to say that. I'll make that prediction, that they have Steve no idea. Steve Bannon says that, that Trump is toast. Yeah. About that, that, no, I'm not talking about impeachment. I'm talking about that would be the investigations. So I, I think if you look at the, at the Trump election, yeah. that there's not a single factor about why he won the presidency. And so we have to look at all of those factors. Yeah, Hillary was the worst candidate that the Democrats could have yeah. put up. Yes, she didn't do a good ground game in key border yeah. but battleground what, states. But, but what was it about Obama and the way he said it and what he said and the same thing that, that, that Trump did? What was it about each of them that caught the eye of the same voter? Again, the voter that voted for Obama and then voted for Trump. That's the voter I would like to get inside their head. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City, just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City at HiltonUniversal.com. They let you be the star in Hollywood. Excuse me? Come on, thank you. We're back, folks. We're back, folks. Watch what you say. We're on the air now. Um, (laughs) Can't cuss. Can't cuss. That's right. Uh, we had mentioned that uh, Rahm Emanuel is is not running for mayor of Chicago. I want to spend at least some moments on it because uh, he is a national figure insofar as involvement of the Democratic Party. Roberto, you're the closest thing to, to an activist within the city. Uh, you are supporting. Now, now, currently, there are 12 announced candidates for mayor, including Amara Enya, who's a frequent guest on this program. Uh, but uh, when Rom dropped out, there have been all kinds of other people who were not involved in the race. Suddenly, they're now interested in the race because the guy with the, all the money is not going to be around. So one of those is a person, uh, Luis Gutierrez, who's a national congressman who used to be a regular guest on this program for many, many years. Uh, and he, of course, has been the leader of the anti-illegal uh, uh, immigration movement in, in, in Congress for a long, long time. So my question to you, you're close to Louis. You're supporting Luis Gutierrez, who's not yet in the race, but he's getting in the race, isn't he? Um, Luis Gutierrez um, had signs uh, back in 2005. We had, a, we had a rally, and there were signs saying Gutierrez for mayor back then within the base that he represents, sure. calling for him to be mayor in 2005. 
So they've been in a warehouse waiting. <laughs> These are handmade signs. I, I'll, I'll bring you a handmade? video. Are they uh, union-made uh, handmade they, they signs? Were, they, they were in-house. Um, but so Luis had that on his mind for some time. And, you know, he is just a lion of our party. Like, he has been the lone voice by himself for so many years on the immigration issue. And, you know, with Chewy, we have a... Um, Chewy Garcia, who ran against Rahm Emanuel... Last time, um, barely lost in, in a uh, runoff. In a runoff. runoff. For a yeah. runoff. For first first yeah. time there was right. ever a runoff in the city of Chicago. Right. And also, uh, he is now running for Congress. He is running for the congressional seat that was left by Luis Gutierrez, who announced that he was not seeking election, although he will be congressman uh, through uh, January of next year. Mm-hmm. And so one leading Hispanic leader, uh, Congressman Gutierrez, who is Puerto Rican, uh, he threw his support to uh, Chuy Garcia, who is Mexican. Right. So one is running for Congress, but there is no Hispanic in the race and no political operative or, or analyst like myself. We can't believe that Luis Gutierrez, who has, who has thought of running for mayor for years, we cannot imagine why he would not grab at the brass ring right now. Well, th- so we think it's going to happen. It's Do you a, agree with my assessment? I, I think that the most important vote here is Soraida. It's his wife. This is a family decision. Is this going to be another thing where, where a candidate's got to talk to his wife? He absolutely has got to talk to his wife. That's the only vote that matters. Whatever your wife says. That's the only vote that matters. When Sori and Luis sit down and they have that conversation, they talk about their family, they sit with Chewy because they communicate. And Chewy talks to his wife. These. This is how we make decisions in our in our community. Really? Yes. So what's Mexican ha- talks to the Puerto Rican, and they each talk to their wives. <laughs> usually, usually. And they talk a lot, though, right? We communicate I mean, constantly. They, I mean, from the moment that Rahm Emanuel said he wasn't going to do it, I can't imagine there's been a moment where they're not talking about this subject. So it's not pillow talk. It's it's a serious conversation between allies, and you know, consider that the city is approximately there's about. There's over 750,000 Latinos in, in the city, so it, it's going to have a voice regardless there will not of who be, the mayor There will is. not be two. They are not going to run against each other. Now, what about Gary Chico, who was Hispanic, is a lawyer, a reputable lawyer? He ran against Rahm Emanuel the first time. Neither Miguel Del Valle, who also ran against... That's right. Nor Gary, nor Gary have expressed an interest. And, and, and they haven't been actively pursuing... It, as I thought s- Gary Chico was forming an exploratory campaign. Uh, that's, that's news to me. Uh, so right now, right now, I mean, it, it's just the five of us around the t- table. Sure, here. just quietly between us. Louis is going to run for mayor, right? Uh, it's going to be a decision that Louis and Chewy have to work out, and whomever runs is going to have the full support of the other. Okay. Will they have the full support of you? Absolutely. Which one would you prefer? If I had to flip a coin. I would say that Luis, whom I've had a personal relationship for, I, I, I staff Luis on Capitol Hill. Right. So I'm very biased because right. I, I know how Luis well, makes I, his decisions. That's great. Well, that's and, good. And because of, and, and because of, and also because I think Chu would be an amazing member of Congress. Um, mm. I, I would, I, if, I, if it was my vote, my choice today, I would advocate for Luis. Based off his experience with the city, they're both aldermen. His, 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 his national Former reputation, Alderman. correct? So they know the city, right? They both know the city. But that's just my personal hack, two cents. 
Uh, that's not insight into where the decision is going to be. But whomever it is of those two, if one of those two happens to be the mayor, I think the city would be very, very well served. Would you be surprised if both of them decided that they're going to take a pass? It's up to the wives, frankly. It's a family thing. Do you, th- do you think you're shaking your head? I wouldn't be surprised at all. I, nobody because runs. I think there's a I think nobody runs. But who, who, no, because who? Chewy has got the the clear path to the house. And if you believe the blue wave is coming, he's going to be a really significant beneficiary. Of what it, right. The, what about the future of the city? What about when when you are a political leader, whether you're Chewy Garcia or Luis Gutierrez and Luis Gutierrez is the more senior of those two. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, you know, there are others a little more senior to him, but they're, they're sort of fading out of the scene right now. I cannot imagine a man who's wanted to be mayor for a long, long time, and I know that's the case with Louis Gutierrez. I cannot imagine that he does not have the persuasive powers to convince his wife to say, honey, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We're going to do it, and we will likely be likely be in a runoff. I don't think he wins it without a runoff. No, no. But I there's going to be a runoff. He's in a runoff Numbers. with yeah. one of 11 or 12 other people, one of whom might be African-American, one of whom might be white. And what happens there, we don't know. Well, the African-American, Rom lost the black vote. Yes, he and did. so it's super important that the next leader knows how to work with that community. Yes, but also, Chewy Garcia... When he, the reason he lost was that he did not do well with the black vote. The idea of bringing the black vote and the Hispanic vote together in Chicago has always looked like a good idea on paper. It's never been pulled off. You know, on that we're, note, we're out of time. Thanks for watching. If you look hard enough, go off the beaten track far enough, you'll find an America teeming with the unusual, the odd, the downright strange. I'm Will Klinger. And I'm your guide on a package tour we like to call Wild Travels. Join us on our weekly road trip to see America's most offbeat and unusual attractions. Wild Travels, available on your local PBS station. Or it darn well should be. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live. The experience. For the first time ever, get an inside look at the making of SNL. Critics nationwide are raving over 500 artifacts direct from the show. Be a part of Wayne's World, Weekend Update, and so much more. Experience all it takes to put the show together. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications at 360 North State Street in Chicago. For tickets, visit museum.tv. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com.
Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City at HiltonUniversal.com. They let you be the star in Hollywood. <laughs> 